Last week, I mentioned how things had been looking pretty dire for the people of Israel as we come to the end of the book of Judges. There was no real leadership taking place, and everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. Rather than worshiping and serving the Lord their God who had brought them out of Egypt and into the promised land, they started worshiping Canaanite gods instead and living however they pleased. Even among the clergy, things were pretty disastrous. Now at the time, Eli was the high priest in Israel serving at the tabernacle in Shiloh where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who were also supposed to be ministers of the people, leading them into right relationship with God and with one another. Unfortunately, Eli's sons had been raised in the privilege of the priesthood, but they had never been taught the responsibilities that went with it, or even a proper reverence for the Lord. And as a result, they became terribly corrupt, using their position as a means of satisfying their own desires. They would take the best parts for themselves of the sacrifices that people brought to offer to God, and they would lay with the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. In other words, they were stealing from the offering plate and sleeping with the church secretaries. And the boy's father knew what was going on, but he did nothing to stop it because he wanted to please his sons more than he wanted to please God. So it should come as no surprise that the text tells us that there were, the word of the Lord was rare in those days, that visions were not widespread. And after all, Eli was growing rather old and his eyesight was beginning to fail, but clearly it wasn't just his physical sight that was failing but his spiritual sight as well. So, of course, there weren't many visions in Israel. Their seer was blind. Seeking to live faithfully according to God's word, no longer even trying to listen for God's voice. And this was epitomized by the sons of Eli, who were doing whatever was right in their own eyes. But God was about to give Eli and his sons a huge wake-up call. First, however, the Lord needed to get the attention of somebody who was actually listening. Now, if you recall from last week, there was a woman in Israel named Hannah who was barren and therefore had no children. But she had prayed to the Lord and promised God that if God gave her a son, that she would dedicate his life to the Lord and give him back to God forever. Well, the Lord answered her prayer, and she gave birth to a boy named Samuel. And after Samuel was weaned, she brought him back to Shiloh and left him there in the care of Eli the priest. And every year, when Hannah and her husband would go back to Shiloh to worship and make sacrifices to the Lord, she would bring a new robe that she had made for Samuel to wear. And the text tells us that the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. 
Well, sometime later, we don't know how old Samuel would have been, but one night, after Eli had gone to bed in his own room, Samuel was lying there in the tabernacle near the Ark of the Covenant, and the Lord called out to him saying, Samuel, Samuel. Well, the boy immediately got up and ran into Eli's room and said, here I am, for you called me. Eli groggily said, ah, you're hearing things, son, just go back to bed. Well, he does, but then this happened again a second time, and then again a third time, and finally, because the lamp of the Lord had not yet completely gone out for you. Next time God calls. So Samuel goes back into the tabernacle and lays down, and sure enough, God called out to him once again, and he replied, speak for your servant is listening. Well, the Lord then shared with Samuel some less than welcome news that God was going to be making some changes in Israel that would make both ears of anyone who heard of it tingle because of the blasphemy of Eli's sons and Eli's refusal to act. God was going to bring an end to the priestly house of Eli. But God was raising up a new priest who would be faithful and obedient to the Lord. So Samuel lay in bed all night long, terrified to tell Eli what God had said. Must have been a very long night. You ever had nights like that? Where you were so anxious or, or, or worried about something and you just lay there in bed unable to sleep, dreading the moment that the sunlight would begin to creep unwelcome into your room, revealing that it was time to face reality. Sometimes we just prefer to remain in the dark. Well, when morning did finally come, Eli called to Samuel and he replied once again, here I am. And Eli commanded the boy to tell him everything that God had said and to leave nothing out. So Samuel delivered the divine verdict against Eli and his sons. And though this must have been devastating to hear, in an extraordinary moment of humility in obedience and surrender, Eli says, it is the Lord. God is speaking to each one of us, calling us to examine our lives and recognize the things that are out of whack, that are not in line with God's will for us, that, that interfere with our ability to respond faithfully to God's call on our lives. Now, maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's a relationship in your life that isn't quite right or one that interferes with your commitment to Christ. Or maybe it's an attitude that you're carrying or a grudge that you're carrying that you need to let go of. Maybe it's a habit or a behavior that is not appropriate for followers of Jesus. I wonder, what is it in your life that the Savior is calling you to recognize and then do something about. Of course, 
It's never easy for us to admit that there are holy changes that need to happen in our lives. It's never easy to take an honest look at ourselves. You know, partly because we're, we're afraid of what, what making changes might actually mean for us. I mean, if we try to get our lives in line with God's will, what might God ask us to do? What might God ask us to give up? Where might God ask us to go? Maybe even Birmingham. But rather than find out, we usually just keep the music up loud, so to speak. You know, we turn it all the way to 11 so that we cannot hear the Lord calling. And that's so easy to do in our culture, isn't it? With all the blinding visions and deafening voices vying for our attention and our loyalty. I mean, from the TV commercials to the billboards and the magazines and the political pundits and our cell phones and the internet and all the social media and the podcasts, we are constantly being bombarded with information and propaganda. I mean, never mind all the people in our lives who are always demanding our time and our attention, our bosses, our spouses, our children, our parents, our friends. It's a wonder any of us is able to hear the voice of the Lord. But the good news that the Bible has for us is that we have a loquacious God who is always speaking to his people, calling each one of us, by name, just as he called Samuel. The bad news is that we're not very good at listening. And that doesn't happen on its own. It takes intentionality and effort on our part. It requires that we create space in our lives so that we're able to hear the voice of the Lord. That's one of the main reasons we come to worship. For here, we are creating space in our lives that we can hear God speak to us. It's why we participate in grace groups and why we go to Sunday school classes and Bible studies. It's why we spend time each day in devotions because all of those things are ways of creating space in our lives that we are better able to listen to God speak to us. Of course, listening is pointless in the end if we do not respond with faithful obedience to please them more than God. And remember what Jesus said. Anyone who hears my words and acts on them will be like a wise person who built their house on solid rock that will withstand any storm. But anyone who hears my words and does not act on them will be like a foolish person who built their house on sinking sand. And when the storm comes, great will be the fall of that house. We must not only learn to listen for the voice of God. We must have the courage to act on it. Now, I don't know what it is that, that Jesus might be asking you to do or what changes Jesus might want you to make in your life. But I suspect that if you shut off all the noise and spend some time listening quietly in your soul, perhaps in the still of the night, 
you just might hear a word from the Lord. Maybe, maybe God's calling you to make a career change or to become a faithful prayer warrior for our church or for certain people in your life. Maybe God's calling you to befriend a lonely widow or to pick up the phone to try to mend a broken relationship in your life. Maybe God is calling you to help us fill out our blessing boxes or to fill out the Super Bowl of caring or to give a generous financial gift to the mission of Jesus Christ through this church. Maybe Jesus is calling you to fulfill your baptismal vows by volunteering to help out with our children's ministry or our youth ministry because our parents cannot do it on their own and we have new young directors who need your help. Maybe God's calling you to make coming to worship a greater priority for you and your family this year. And maybe maybe Jesus is calling you to become more concerned about pleasing Him than any other person in your life and to create space in your life that you might hear Him speak. Some of you here today have just recently been called to serve in leadership roles for our church as elders or or deacons or members of the foundation board. And there is perhaps nothing that our leaders could do for our church that would be more important than learning to cultivate a listening ear for the voice of the Lord. But again, that that doesn't happen on its own. It, It takes intentionality, commitment, dedication. And we desperately need leaders who are willing to take the time and make the space to listen to what God is saying to us so that we might become the kind of church that can say, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening and then have the courage to act. The Lord of heaven and earth is still speaking to each one of us trying to get our attention. The question is, is anybody listening? Would you pray with me? Lord God, amidst all the noises and voices of our world vying for our attention, we know there is only one voice that can give us life. The voice of yours that became flesh in Jesus Christ. And we pray, O God, that each one of us would seek to please Jesus above all else. That we might experience his joy, his blessing, his eternal life. So give us ears to hear, O God. And then give us mouths and bodies to speak and act in faithful obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.